When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What if you could become a better person, not by working harder, but by taking one small step a day? And not because you're a bad person now, but because there's something inside you that's ready for more. How to be a better person gives you one tiny step a day you can take to be the person you want to be. My mission? To help you live your best life. Hi, and welcome to How to Be a Better Person. I'm Kate, your host. This week on the podcast, I'm talking about giving. Because being generous and helpful to others is a key part of being a better person. But that's not to say that we have to be completely 100% selfless or always put others first or give until it hurts. So how do we find that balance? Today, I'm talking to Damon Brown about emotional labor. You know, the managing of your own emotions to make you better able to perform your duties at work and the work that you put into helping others keep their emotions on an even keel. At least that's what I think of as emotional labor, and I'm excited to talk to Damon to get his take. Damon helps side hustlers, solopreneurs, and other non-traditional creatives bloom. Damon is a four-time TED speaker a best-selling author, and a columnist for Inc. On top of that, he's a parent to two young children, and he's super giving with his time, making plenty of space in his schedule for brainstorming with folks who need it, and offering many free forms of content, including a free subscription to his hashtag BringYourWorth show and a free quiz based on his most recent book, which I'm sure he'll tell us about, but you can find at buildfromnowquiz.com, which I have taken and found very insightful. I'm excited to talk to Damon today about how to be thoughtful about when and where you do emotional labor and when it's unnecessary or even detrimental. Damon, it is so great to have you here. Thank you. Hey, thank you, Kate. I, I appreciate the generous, the generous intro. <laughs> I got to walk my talk. <laughs> All right, let's jump right in. What do you mean when you say emotional labor? Emotional labor, I can't take credit for the term. I actually learned it from Seth Godin. I had taken his Akimbo class at akimbo.com uh, um, about a year ago while I was working on my, my most recent book, Built From Now. And what I love about the term emotional labor is that it signifies this shift from the physical labor or the mental labor that we might have saw with, let's say, the industrial age and the blue-collar workers and the white-collar workers, and then shifting to the mental labor that we saw with perhaps our generation, with the so-called knowledge workers. Emotional labor is that stuff that machines or technology or algorithm can't do. So the emotional labor, like you mentioned, I have two sons there eight and five, the emotional labor is caring for them as the primary caregiver. The emotional labor is when I do my one-on-one coaching and I'm guiding someone through 
a difficult time or where they might be stuck. You can't do that with with ones and, and zeros, as we used to say back in the day in, in the programming world. You can't put that into, again, an algorithm. You can't do a startup that's going to handle those kinds of things and have it be automated by AI. Emotional labor are those things where, at least I believe, and again, based on Seth Godin's definition, is where we show up as our authentic selves in a way that many people cannot. It's in a way that can't be duplicated. And when we do emotional labor, we need to be thoughtful about that because our emotional energy isn't infinite. So if we're going to put in that emotional labor, we better make sure that it's something or someone that's worth pouring into. Right. Oh, man, I really love that lens on it. And I hadn't heard that before. All the things that you mention as being emotional labor, things like caring for kids or doing one-on-one coaching, you know, these sound, sound like things that could, that are just sort of the nature of being a giving person. But how do you discern, is there a time when maybe you're doing someone else's emotional labor for them that, that maybe isn't truly your work to do? And how do you figure out if that's happening or if you are truly being of service to somebody else? One good indicator, and as you mentioned at the top, I like to give. And mm-hmm. so there's an awesome book by uh, Adam Grant called Give and Take, which you might be familiar with. It ended up being a bestseller a few years ago. I got a chance to connect with Adam, and I, I got a chance to read his latest books, but I'm still catching up on his older books. And Give and Take was probably like six, seven years ago. And so I'm in the middle of reading that right now as I'm researching my next book that'll be out in January. And one of the things that I found from his research and from myself as being a natural giver, which it isn't a judgment at all if you're a giver or a taker, being a natural giver, one of the challenges that one of the indicators that I found is if I'm giving to someone and I realize that they don't need me, that I actually feel dejected. Mm. And one of the indicators, I think, of giving too much emotional labor is when you notice you're doing it for yourself, not for the other person. It's feeling, uh, as they say in psychology, it's feeling, it's feeling a feeling a hole in yourself. It's not something that's um, altruistic. It's not something that's for the betterment of the world. There's a wonderful meme that I saw recently, and I'm so, so glad everyone knows what a meme is now, so I can just try it out because I've been looking at these for like years. And I'm like, finally, finally people understand what a meme is. <laughs> There's a wonderful meme that I saw recently where someone was talking to the therapist and they said, you know, I just have a, a big heart. You know, I'm just a giving person. Mm-hmm. And the therapist said, well, maybe you're not a giving person. Maybe you're just a person with poor boundaries. And that's like a phenomenal way to put it where we have to figure out where we're going to pour ourselves into. And if we have to pour ourselves into anything, then what does that say about our judgment? And maybe it gives us an opportunity or a pause, as they say, to think about why we need to give this emotional labor so badly. Because what we don't understand is that if the main intention of giving us emotional labor is to serve the world, Mm -hmm. then it will start to become more replenished. When I do my one-on-one coaching with the books that I do, you mentioned I have my Bring Your Work show on YouTube. It's at youtube.com slash browndamon. When I'm doing those things, I can feel my energy coming back. It's uh, replenishing, I guess would be the word. 
Mm-hmm. When I'm doing something that's fulfilling, trying to fill a certain gap in myself, if it's because I might think I'm better than the other person, so I think I'm doing my charity work. <laughs> and I don't mean that like working in a soup kitchen. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean those those ways where I might actually feel like I'm superior to the people that I'm supporting, even though I don't recognize it. And when they don't accept that emotional labor from me, I actually feel weaker. Mm-hmm. That's an indicator, I think that perhaps there's some dynamic that's off and maybe reflective of the of the um the way that you view other people and perhaps the idea that you have to you're giving that emotional labor to other people because you want to feel superior and you wouldn't feel superior any other way so i think that's kind of the dark side of being quote unquote a giver is that you sometimes end up giving in ways where the intentions aren't necessarily pure and my best indicator is when I realize I stepped over the line. And when I step over the line, I'm like, oh, wow, I don't feel good because this emotional labor didn't land the way that I wanted it to. But if you're really doing true emotional labor for the right intentions, then it doesn't matter whether it lands or not a certain way. What matters is that you're doing the service. Right. Yeah, that's so interesting. I mean, sometimes I think. It could be that, yes, there is that kind of like, well, let me tell you, because I know, (laughs) and you don't know, right? But then sometimes we kind of have a need to feel needed. And and that is still about us, you know, it's still not about the other person. But then, and this is something that I didn't discuss talking with you about beforehand, I told you this might happen. (laughs) Sometimes we are giving from a very intentional place, honorable place, you know, we, in my profession, your profession, a lot of times people will reach out and be like, oh, I'd love to pick your brain. You know, can we meet for coffee and I'll ask you questions. And I mean, I would not have become a freelance writer if someone hadn't taken me out to coffee and introduced me to the ins and outs of how to start to get published and get paid for writing. But sometimes people just kind of want to do it to like tick the box. Uh, they're not really that interested. You can go and like they can ask you sincere questions and you can answer sincere- sincerely. And then they're kind of like, oh, yeah, well, thanks. Bye. And they don't really do anything with it or, you know, it, it, it's not necessarily that your intentions weren't there, but maybe theirs weren't, you know, and that can feel deadening. <laughs> and I, I don't know, it, do you have any like wisdom about kind of how to discern if it's inappropriate or if it's an appropriate ask, you know, like kind of how to suss out the other person or just how to have your own boundaries around that? Totally. I, I think what you just talked about, I think that happens a lot as you go further in your career. I talk about this in the most recent book, Build From Now, where the quote unquote higher you get in your career, and I hate mm-hmm. the the vertical <laughs> the vertical assessment <laughs> of it, but it's a metric that a lot of people understand. You know, that would take another half an hour to talk about the dynamics <laughs> of that. But you know, the higher you get in your career, the more you're gonna be looked upon as a designated expert, whether you believe it or not. You're going to be looked at as a role model, whether you want to be or not. Mm-hmm. And so that part, I think we get confused when we, when we think that part's in our control. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that us getting higher in our career is that, that that's not true because of our own insecurities and perspectives. But it doesn't matter whether we believe it or not. 
as we go further along in our career, we are at a point that we weren't when we first started. One of the, the best pieces of advice I got as someone who's gotten mentorship just like you, and I thank my mentors in every book that I do, so it's like I wouldn't be there without, be here without them, is to not start a relationship with an ask. Mm. And I think that's so powerful because as I've talked about in Build From Now and my previous book, Bring Your Worth, the way you start a relationship, that puts down the roots. And so there's business relationships, there's personal relationships that have lasted in some cases for months, weeks, years, decades at this point, because I've been in the game for a little while. And the dynamic that I have with that organization, with those people, it's still based on that first contact. And so as they say, you know, you can never, was it, you never can redo a first impression. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's very similar to that, except it ends up being the power dynamic and the energy, the emotional labor that happens back and forth with whomever you start a relationship with. And I consider them all relationships. With that in mind, as people have those discussions with me, I start to get a better idea as far as what their intentions are. And that's, I think that's kind of the challenge that we have when we ask. And I was just talking to, um, to a colleague about this. I mentioned it in, I have a book called Career Remix, how to get the gig based on based on what you've based on the skills you've already got. Mm-hmm. I just finished a manuscript this morning, as we talked about off air. Oh, so, congrats! Oh, that's a big you. deal. I literally sent it into my my editor um, a few minutes before we got on the call, which is wow. fantastic. But I just wanted to <laughs> to have you be part of that experience. I'm like, oh, thank you. Really, I know you understand it, so <laughs> I do. Perhaps, I do. Yeah, as anyone who creates an audience, you understand the euphoria that I'm having right now. Mm-hmm. But I talk about it very briefly in the book where I had a colleague who got mentorship or was giving mentorship. So of what you just talked about. I hate the term brain picking, but that's what we're using nowadays. Mm-hmm. Right? It's mm-hmm. very uh, the walking dead. Um, <laughs> but having these, these sessions, mentoring someone, as I would call it, and they never gave anything. They didn't say, you know, okay, let me pay you for this. Let me give you a coffee. You know, back when we weren't sheltering in place, you know, let me get you a coffee or whatever, or how Mm -hmm. can I help you? And what, in talking with with my colleague, what I reminded them of and realized even more when I was talking to them is that sometimes we undervalue what we have to give, Mm. especially to people that we look up to. And so, Sometimes we'll go and work with people. They'll say, hey, you know, let me, let me go have coffee with you and let me pick your brain. Let, can you mentor me a little bit about this situation or that situation? And then we end up giving nothing because we assume that the person that's mentoring us is perfect. Mm. That's reflective of our own worth. And mm-hmm. again, two books ago, I did a book called Bring Your Worth. That's the name of my, my YouTube show. So it's like, Respect. So, so many things, so many issues that we have and so many ways that we don't show up and showing up as far as like being our true selves is based on us not recognizing our own worth. And so I've had people I've mentored, people that I've had dinner with, people who I've given so much insight. As we say nowadays, people I've given so much game to and Mm -hmm. they might have this amazing connection that could take my, uh, my speaking career to the next level. 
they might be involved with an organization that might want to, if you want to put a metric on it, that might want to, you know, buy a hundred copies of my new book. Mm-hmm. They might have a certain status, uh, what we call social capital. So a, a certain inroad in, in the new book, uh, Career Remix, again, the one coming out in January, I talk about the power of having partnerships, barterships, and cosigns. And so partnerships would be, you know, pretty straightforward. You end up partnering with someone else. Barterships ends up being you have a certain service or product or gift that you have plentiful. And there's someone else that has their own product, service, or gift that they have plentiful. And you happen to need each other like peanut butter and jelly. And so you end up exchanging services and everyone can can maximize the resources, right? Mm-hmm. But cosines, though, I think we tend to undervalue those. Where cosines, you know, and kind of a slang term for when I was growing up, when you do a cosign, it's like a cosine of a loan. It's basically saying, I'm going to lend my social capital to you so that you can get to the place you need to be. Mm-hmm. As you mentioned, I'm a TED speaker. And so if, in fact, I can think of a few instances where I've connected people to folks in the TED organization. And they're a pretty tight group, but that's me using my social capital and sharing it with people that I trust and saying, the TED folks trust Damon, Damon's co-signing so-and-so so that they can be involved with TED. It doesn't matter how much money I have or where I'm at in my career. There are millionaires, and in some cases, billionaires that I've had lunch with, I've had coffee with, whatever, and I've helped them as much as they've helped me. But that's because I know my worth and I know my certain strengths might be in areas that they don't even know about. And so if you're coming to those conversations and saying, I'm going to extract this type of value from Kate, (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) I do mean extract. Like it's a very like picking your brain, extract, like they're very violent terms. Mm -hmm. They're one way terms. It kind of feels that way sometimes. My face is like scrunching up, like I hate even saying those terms. <laughs> but but when we say that, we're setting it up for a one-way dynamic. How can right. that not be selfish, right? Yeah. Well, Damon, I just want to thank you so much for sharing in this euphoric moment with us. I'm so psyched that you turned your manuscript in. I'm You've given us so much food for thought about what emotional labor is and who's worthy of it and how we can be worthy of it. For folks who'd like to hear more from you, where can they connect with you? Absolutely. So my main website is damonbrown.net. That's the hub for all the good stuff that's happening. If you want to learn more about what your biggest resources are, you can take my free quiz at buildfromnowquiz.com. And it's based on my most recent book, Built From Now, How to Know Your Power, Seeing Your Abundance, and Nourish the World. And if you want to get that regular coaching discussion, then you can actually go to my Bring Your Worst show where I take topics like the one we just discussed and break them down in 10, 15-minute segments, which is one of the reasons why I love your show, Kate. <laughs> and uh, that's over at youtube.com slash Damon, And it's every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 11.30 a.m. Uh, Vegas time, so Pacific Standard Time. And I'm on all the social media platforms, but that would be a that would be the best way to do it. And my new book, which I just turned in, is uh, Yay. <laughs> I know I'm so geek. <laughs> is a career remix, uh, how to get the gig based on the skills you already have. 
And I think there's so much power that we have and we don't realize it. And this is a deep dive into that discussion. And that will be out uh, January 11th of 2022. So in about six months, it'll come out right after the new year. It's available for pre-order everywhere. And go get it so that when you get back from your holiday vacation, then you'll be ready to, to hit the ground running. So many people thinking about how they got to like what they want to do about their career. I'm really looking forward to that and would look forward to having you back on the show to talk about it when it's out. And thank you. And thank you, Kate. Hi, this is Kate here with your tiny assignment. I loved how Damon was talking about how a lot of times when doing emotional labor, when offering our emotional labor doesn't feel good, it's because we were coming from a place that was more about us than about the other person. He mentioned that maybe sometimes we can feel superior to somebody else, and so we kind of want to teach them a lesson. I briefly mentioned that sometimes we can do emotional labor or offer our advice because we want to feel needed, or we want to be nice, or we want to be seen in a certain way. So your tiny assignment is just to check in with yourself the next time that you're tempted to give to somebody else and ask, is this about me? Or is this about them? It's just a simple question. Just try and get a little kind of a quick hit in your gut and see what the answer is. And then let that inform what you decide to do in terms of helping that person. That's it for today. I hope you'll come back tomorrow when I am continuing on this theme and talking about how to give more without giving too much. Thanks for listening to How to Be a Better Person. Our theme song is Left for Deadish by Junior85. The podcast is mixed by Sound Advice Strategies. If you liked what you heard in this episode, share it with someone you think would like it too. Your voice matters. Also, How to Be a Better Person has an official newsletter that sends the past seven episodes, a sneak peek of the week ahead, and one well-chosen meme to your inbox every Saturday morning. Sign up at BeABetterPersonPodcast.com and click on Get Podcast News. I also love to hear from listeners. I mean, I love it. Send me an email by clicking on the Contact Kate button at BeABetterPersonPodcast.com. Tweet me at Kate Han, K-A-T-E-H-A-N. Or find me on Instagram at Kate Hanley Author. I look forward to connecting with you. 